In partnership with Paizo, the No Direction Network welcomes you to our Gen Con online seminar coverage. And we're back. Welcome to Behind the Pages with Jason Bowman. I'm Jeffrey J. Thacker, also known as Param from No Direction. And joining me from the network is Vanessa Hoskins. Hey there. And Andrew, please help me, Andrew. Sturdivant. Hi, Andrew Sturdivant. And, of course, this is Behind the Pages with Jason Bowman. So we have Jason Bowman, the hello. director of game design at Paizo. Jason. Hello, 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 everybody. How How's is this virtual Gen Con treating you? It's doing good. How's booth duty? Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been brisk. Uh, the, the rush this morning was a lot, but uh, we've still got some buttons left. So make sure to stop by, and uh, we'll give you some virtual buttons. Uh, they're really nice. Yeah. Ooh, what's today's button? Uh, let's see. I'm I'm pretty sure I can I can I can bring it in actually. Oh, uh, oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> can you send someone up here to the seminar room and give us our buttons because we're yeah, behind I'll, the scrim here? So I'll I'll yeah. see what I can do. There it is. <coughs> There's today's uh, virtual button. <laughs> you can find that actually on my Discord server. That's why I throw all those up for today. I, I I made a bunch of virtual buttons. I miss giving out the buttons. That was one of my favorite parts of of Gen Con. <laughs> I'm gonna make that full screen for a second so people can see it. Mm-hmm. There we go. Oh yeah, we got our we got our Korakai button today. Oh, very yeah. good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we actually that thank you all good. super much for letting us exclusively uh, preview Korakai uh, over on No Direction. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, the, it is uh, a great character. Mm-hmm. All right, so. One of the things uh, that you just got done talking about is like bestiary and, and secrets of magic and, of course, the APG where Korakai lives. But you, <laughs> you said something super interesting with the beginner box this time around. Um, yeah. The beginner box, you know, we love the beginner box. It, it was this big old thick uh, bundle of joy with way too much things in it for a price tag, as well as being a hefty, hefty thing. And unlike other starter sets, it didn't need a riser to justify its thickness. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but it was a simplified version of Pathfinders to be more newbie friendly because, you know, the 3.x system can be a little bit intimidating for a new yeah. person, especially when you scare right. them with a 600 page core rulebook and go like, learn this. Thump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a bludgeon. And, it, and you did the same thing with Starfinder. It's a simplified version of Starfinder. You, you didn't make a simplified version of PF2. Correct. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, I happen to have a copy of. Uh, of oh, oh, you do of the, of the box right here. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh. You know, I I think for us uh, a big thing was you know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to make the button disappear. I'm afraid. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Actually, I think I can just move it way back. Oh, nope, too far. There we go. Now it's behind the camera. So if I hold the box up, it's in front of it. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> look at that. The magic of OBS. Okay. So, um, yeah, you know, when we were designing a uh, second edition, one of the big goals was to ensure that the rules in the beginner box were, you know, the same as the rules in the game. In fact, there was even an early draft of the plan for second edition that had the beginner box coming out first. Um, before the core rulebook even dropped. We ended up not being able to pull that off just because of all the complexities of making the new version of the game. But that's where our brain space was. That's why the the games uh, are so similar and how it was so kind of relatively straightforward for us to make this beginner box. So I am really excited to open this up and show folks uh, what's inside. Well, well, so, well so, go ahead and do it. Yeah, that's what we're waiting for. So uh, let me, I'm hoping that okay. the green doesn't get caught in my green screen because it does have this, you know, beautiful, beautiful cover by Wayne. Ooh, the oh, dragon. It's a great olive green that you want for a green dragon. It's fine. Yeah, that's right. And that's yeah. a homage to the first beginner box cover, right? Uh, yeah, so the first beginner box cover, which, funny enough, I'm actually uh, here in my home office where the original painting for that cover is sitting right over here on the wall. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I'd take it down and show you, but it is heavily mounted on there. So, so did uh, you have to, like, mug Wayne Reynolds in the back alley to get a hold of that? 
it was God. actually the first Wayne piece that I ever bought. And the moment we ordered the the box, I sent the order, the, the original order for the first edition box came with the note, and I want to buy the cover. Um, so <laughs> I wasn't able to do that for the second. But uh, uh, so, uh, you know, you open up the box and uh, you, you've got your, your stack of stuff inside. So uh, naturally, there's a bag of uh, pawn bases. Mm-hmm. There is a set of dice. Now, great. Oh, the <laughs> so there's a green D10 in there, but my uh, oh. green screen oh. is, is making <laughs> it like, invisible. That's a sweet <laughs> set of crystal dice. Uh, yeah, no, we have some crystal <laughs> dice in it. No, it's just the green one's invisible. Yeah. Uh, but it is a, a nice uh, uh, a rainbow assortment of dice uh, here um, that are nice and color-coded throughout the box. So whenever you see a red die, that's the D20. Whenever you see a uh, green die, that's the D10. Mm. Or in and this the, case, col- the color die? code's been corrected, right? I know there were some previews with some ironic <laughs> Yeah, we, we fixed it, yeah. <laughs> um, in addition, you've got uh, an ad card for the fine folks from Sirenscape. Um, mm-hmm. You've got uh, this we learned from the um, from the Starfinder beginner box, because these were hugely mm-hmm. popular. We have these uh, reference cards, and these are mm-hmm. here, by the green screen. Those are bit. so um, nice. Yeah, yeah, you'll notice that atop the uh, on the top of the card, you've got kind of a space for three little action symbols and a reaction symbol. On the back, they've got a handy list of conditions. And sorry, these are getting washed out a bit by my green screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, beneath that, you've got kind of... Read this first. Ooh. Where do we go from here? And and basically this is, hey, you're new here. Let's walk you through where you should go in the box. So, uh, you know, if you're on your own, it tells you to go to the player's book and read the solo adventure. Um, if you have a group and want to get started right away, it tells you to hand out the characters. Uh, otherwise, it tells you to go make characters. Uh, and then it tells you to uh, advance to the adventure that is in the box as well. So you've got that and uh the back of it has a uh <laughs> oh my goodness i swear to you the sheet is not invisible uh <laughs> if i turn it oh, sideways cellophane kind of character sheets brilliant it's not <laughs> all right this is what we get for making that, everything in the box green <laughs> you like, uh, you're trying to teach a class how to play so you have transparencies oh no, that's no, brilliant no. yes yes so, so next up in the box, you have a bunch of uh, pre-generated characters. So we'll take a look at uh, mm-hmm. at Valoros here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. so, you know, on the front, you've got, if you want to play a fighter, you know, uh, tips for wanting to play a fighter. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the inside, of course, has, you know, a complete character sheet, all the rules you need to play. The back has some lore about playing Valoros and a nice full color shot of the character. So you got all four of the Wait. pregens. Are so, in so, here, so, so you can so get playing brief- right away. Brief time out. That shield, yeah. is that the same shield the skeletons are using on Bestiary 3's cover? You know, it might be, actually. <laughs> Where did Valoros get that shield? That's, that's funny. Either Valoros got it from them, or one of them is Valoros. I don't know. We'll mm. figure it out. <laughs> oh. That's funny. I don't think I realized that. I'll have to take a peek. I don't have oh that cover gosh. in front of me, so I'll have to take a look. Oh, I do. <laughs> oh, well, all right. So uh, next up, you've got uh, the Beginner's Box Hero's Handbook. And uh, this is, you know, a 72-page uh, book that walks you, that starts out with, uh, you know, a solo adventure uh, written by yours truly uh, called Ooh. Pirate King's Plunder. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a, you know, kind of choose your own path adventure where you kind of make decisions and go to different entries. Um, and you know, it teaches you the basics of the game, how to roll dice, what hit points are, what the armor classes are, all that kind of stuff. Is it um, going to be as deadly as crypt of the Everflame? I mean, it's going to be a bad know, intro if we kill all the newbies. Listen, <laughs> in my, in my very first play experience ever, I died to a yellow mold covered dinner plate. So, uh, and, and and I'm still here. So let this be a lesson to everyone. Killing people's brand new characters isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's a it's a growth experience. It just has to be done in a good storytelling way yeah. that gets them engaged to build the next one and see how yeah. they die. Yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. It, you have to be left going, wait, I died to what? <laughs> no. No, I'm making a new character. We're going to go back and beat that. Um so uh after the uh after the adventure you get into um you know creating your own hero it walks through picking an ancestry uh you know selecting a background. Um the thing that we did here to make this more friendly to new players. This was the trick. The trick was 
when you are done making your character, right? So you've picked your ancestry, your background, your class, you buy equipment, you pick spells, all that sort of stuff. What we did is you still have all of the features that a full Pathfinder 2nd Edition character has. We just limited the choices you get to make. We just made some of them for you. So if you look at the, let's just take the uh, dwarf entry, for example, you get, uh, you know, by picking a dwarf, you get to, uh, you know, decide on, you know, your heritage. That's the only choice oh. you get. We oh, didn't okay. let you pick a feat. The heritage comes with the feat built mm. into the heritage. Okay, okay, okay. So if you pick rock dwarf, you also get stone cunning. Mm. Okay. Uh, so that's one of the ways that we made the game simpler by just, we wanted you to have choices. We just didn't need you to have 50 choices because that's really overwhelming for a brand new player. It is. So that's, that, that's the strategy throughout this book. Uh, you know, when you pick a class, you generally get one major choice to make within the class, and then it decides all the other things for you. There's still places where you get to customize and tweak your character, obviously. But by the time you're done making your character, and indeed, by the time you're done playing the adventure in this box, you have a character that is perfectly legal to take to the next virtual Gen Con, well, hopefully in-person Gen Con, okay, um, in-person. or, you know, or, or you know, your local game store or your friend's game table, and you can sit down and play with everyone else and not feel like you don't know what you're doing. So um, that's what's uh, in the in the player's handbook here. It, of course, goes into how to play the game, how skills work, um, you know, all of the basics are here, but it's all kind of trimmed a little. We We left out options that were more complicated. They're not we didn't have to change anything. Nothing's technically wrong, but we didn't, you know, necessarily include all the rules for tripping people. Mm. Although okay. that may actually be a bad example. That may actually be in here. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. What options? You said that you limited the options. So, like, what are some of the basic options? Like, which of the classes, which of the uh, the ancestors oh, yeah, are course. showing up? Um. So, uh, you you get your choice between human, dwarf, or elf. Okay. Um. You get your choice between a handful of backgrounds. Um, uh, I think, you know, acolyte, criminal, criminal, deckhand, farmhand, gambler, scholar, and warrior. You'll notice deckhand sounded new uh, because mm-hmm. it is. Um, there are a few places where we actually wrote entirely new rules content for the beginner box. It's oh. all perfectly legal with the rest of the game. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, that, that was one other way when we were like, oh, we don't have, you know, there's not a class feat to do exactly what we want that's relatively simple and easy to work with. Uh, I'll give you another example. The dwarf, um, the death warden dwarf has undead hatred as its feat. And this oh. works like hatred, but oh. it's specifically for undead and it's a little bit more powerful. Oh. So, oh. right, little tweaks like that perfectly legal within the full game but was a way for us to present a slightly easier rule that everybody could use so even if you're a regular pathfinder player this box will have a few odds and ends that you might want to add to your table so when they do go over to uh like graduate from the beginner box and get ready to wield the uh damage reducing uh core rule book um (laughs) when does it call out that hey we we did this call we made this choice for you so if you're making another character you might need to do it different like does it call out those things where like it's slightly different on the choices i am absolutely positive that that's in here somewhere but i forget where we put it it's been a few months since i've since i put that together um Mm -hmm. but yeah there is there is i believe a bit in here that's like hey understand that Mm -hmm. when you move to the full game you had other choices that we just helped you make um And that's it, right? Um, So that, you know, when you do transition to that point, you suddenly realize, oh, I could have gotten to pick my ancestry feat instead of having it assigned to me. We still tell you it's an ancestry feat. You still put it in the ancestry feat part of your character sheet, but we don't bother giving you a choice. So it's a a cleaner way of putting those things together. Um, That makes sense. You have a new player mm -hmm. who just wants to dive in and it's like, well, here are your 15 choices. Yeah. yeah, choice uh, process is a thing. Give yeah, me, give me four choices. Give me maybe five choices. Yeah. So, like, okay. even within the fighter that doesn't have a like a style you pick in the core, mm-hmm. um, in the beginner box you do have your choice between three fighter combat styles, and basically mm-hmm. what you're doing is selecting your feet. But we give you a little bit more to make it all kind of come together. Um, so, 
So just real briefly, I, I managed to get it here. I'm going to show it on screen. Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like they've got his shield. That's not good. <laughs> oh yeah, I, 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 I'm sure Wayne has a has a cheeky story about that. That's how he works. <laughs> so um, beneath the uh, the hero's handbook, you've got uh, a bunch of blank character sheets. Pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. um, then you get to the game master's. Uh, uh, guide, right? So ah. this is an 88-page book. Hmm. Um, it starts out with a uh, adventure that is twice the size of the adventure in the first beginner box. So instead of oh. one side of the flip mat, it's both sides. Um, so, you know, okay. there's some fun stuff in here. Uh, I'm particularly proud of how this map turned out. I wrote the adventure in here as well. Um, and this is called, it's called Menace Under Otari. Otari being a small uh, fishing and logging village on the Isle of Cortos near Absalom. Yeah. And uh, it's a and fun little adventure where uh, the local fishery suddenly has had a whole bunch of barrels of salted fish broken into and stolen from underneath the fishery. And there is a strange cave leading down into the depths underneath the town. And you must go and uh, find the, the foul villains that have stolen the fish. <laughs> <laughs> so what would uh, experienced players be able to get out of this adventure? Um, so the, the great thing is this adventure is perfectly, you know, compatible with second edition because the game in the beginner box is compatible with second edition. So what this is, is a fun, short uh, a play experience. We think that you can probably wrap up this adventure in, you know, three or four sessions tops. Um, it's about, you know, I want to say it's, it's about 26, 27 pages in here. Um, and is filled with kind of some fun encounters. It just like with the first edition beginner box, um, I made sure mm -hmm. to kind of layer the complexity. So if you're trying to teach some people how to play for the very first time, mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, the goal here is, oh, here's a real simple fight. Okay, great. We're, we get everyone's blood pumping. And then, uh, you know, you move on and, oh, here's how skill checks work. Let's walk everyone through how skill checks function. Oh, now let's have a more complicated fight with some hazards and maybe some conditions, right? And it slowly builds on that. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the goal with any beginner box is to layer the, the learning. Right. Because you don't want to just say, hey, you know, that's the challenge with the core rulebook as it currently stands at 640 pages. That's a lot to ask someone to absorb before they're having fun. Mm -hmm. Beginner box isn't about that. It's about having fun right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the adventure is emblematic of that. It builds in complexity, but it has some fun stuff in it, too. Like I, I, I you know, the first uh, the first beginner box uh, adventure had some fun, like kind of weird puzzles in it. This one has a has a has a fun little puzzle in it involving coins uh, mm -hmm. that, that the players can tease out, uh, you know, and a lot of fun, interesting fights. So uh, I would say, you know, uh, having written uh, Fall of Plaguestone, Fall of Plaguestone is there to be your first Pathfinder 2nd Edition adventure if you're an experienced role player, yes. right? <laughs> it, 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 it is, I, for all of you who I have unfortunately killed out there, uh, you know, it can, be an, it can be a very unforgiving adventure where if you make a mistake or you make the wrong decision, the, you, you may be in some trouble. Um, I, yeah. This isn't a cakewalk by any means, and I actually expect that the end of this uh, might be very dangerous, but um, it's designed to kind of let you build into that danger and not just overwhelm you with it. So, so I'm curious. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, go ahead. You mentioned the, uh, the, the GM book, and it's really easy to see how, uh, since we have the previous beginner boxes as good examples, how this would... Uh, help walk players through learning to play the game and the game is very much uh very good at that as is even but how does the beginner box get probably the most daunting task taught learning to run a game so that's what the adventure in this book is specifically designed to do. It's, it's, it's not just to teach the players how to play. It's also written in a way to teach GMs how to GM. Uh, so in that regard, it, you know, walks them through how a combat works as well. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, very early on, there is a fight. And one of the very first things you run into uh, is an invisible combat guy because the background is green. 
Uh, but uh, in this case, uh, you know, if you can read on the invisible book, uh, you know, you can read uh, a very quick summation of how combat works. And teaching them, you know, props. This, Perfect. This one, this one page is all you need to really get started with that first combat. And it's written kind of in a logical order, so you can kind of run it as you go. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I think that's kind of, that's key for us. And then as you go along, it starts explaining, you know, there's these green boxes floating around. In this case, they're invisible. Uh, but there are these green boxes floating around that basically uh, kind of cover um, various bits of lore and knowledge. Actually, you know what? Now that I'm looking at it, the green boxes ended up being experience points. Um, but there are like sub bars throughout the adventure that are like, here's how this new rules element works. Understand and adapt it. As a GM as well, you don't have to read the whole book first. It, it is recommended that you at least give it a, a passing walkthrough so you understand mm -hmm. the concepts. But, you know, this box is designed to have a bunch of new players sit down, open it up, and be playing within 15 minutes. That's fantastic. So uh, you've got a group of players. They've played through the beginner box. Obviously, they love the game. Why wouldn't they? My yeah. understanding is there's a few different jumping off points that they can take those same characters to different adventures. Correct. Uh, yeah. So um, after the beginner box, there is a uh, linked adventure whose name is eluding me. Right. Troubles in Otari. Troubles in Otari, as opposed to menace in Otari under Ooh. Otari. Um, <laughs> that's that's why it keeps messing me up because the name is, is similar. Um, so uh, uh, that adventure um, is kind of a sequel to the beginner box adventure mm -hmm. and is designed to be what your characters do next. It is written uh, with an understanding that you are playing out of the beginner box. It includes rules for, uh, for example, taking your character up to fourth level as the beginner box only goes up to through third. Um, so it gives you that extra bit of rules, that extra bit of knowledge um, that, you know, is not included in this beginner box. Um, mm -hmm. Then of course there is uh, an entire adventure path that is designed to also be a jumping off point uh, mm -hmm. in which you would make new characters to experience this entirely new adventure. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there's lots of different ways you can go. And of course, at that point in time, once you've played through all the content in here, you're, you, you're close to being ready to jump into the full game anyway. So, you know, yeah. there's lots of different routes you can take. Because I understand that the Abomination Vault's adventure path starts in the town of Otari with the ruins of Gauntlet. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I actually didn't drop the name because I wasn't sure if we had spoiled it yet. I, I thought we did. I was just like, I'm not sure. And I'm not going to be the one to spoil that. So, uh, yeah, I was like, I, I don't want to mention Abomination Vaults by name. I mean, we I can like, always oh. just edit that part out of the podcast. We'll don't edit it out of the live broadcast. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, I, now, you all now, forget fair, now. I am, <laughs> I'm reading it off of the Pathfinder wiki page. So. Yeah, no, you're all good. You're all good. Uh, so uh, beyond the adventure, obviously, you get into, uh, you know, uh, rules for game mastering, rules for building your own adventures. There is, uh, you know, rules in here for traps. And of course, there are uh, magic items, including a handful of brand new magic items. Um, you know, uh, I'm just looking here and uh, let's see the belt of good health uh, that when you put it on gives you bonus hit points. Um, uh, there's a, there's a handful of new magic items in here that we wrote specifically for new players to be kind of fun and friendly for new players to play around with. Uh, and then, uh, there is, I don't want to oversell it. There's not a ton, but there is a handful. Um, and, uh, then of course there's monsters, plenty and plenty of monsters, which once again, kind of have weird, green backgrounds that make them invisible here in my office so uh but the a good chunk of this book is dedicated to uh monsters i would say mm -hmm. let's see it's about uh 26 pages each page has uh two monsters on it so plenty you get some pug wompies in here uh mm -hmm. and then the end of this book uh wraps up with a uh uh deeper dive into otari itself uh, once again, with its invisible background, uh, you know, major <laughs> characters where you can go, uh, adventure hooks to kind of give new GMs ideas of, of, of where to take their adventures next. Um, what else? What else we got in this box? There's so still we were more. talking with uh, Tanya last night, and yeah. she said that one of the things she's excited for is because this doesn't use a, a totally new game system that beginner box characters could potentially 
make society appearances. If you can make characters in the beginner box, you could play them in society. There's nothing. Uh, there's there is next to nothing that uh, is different, right? I would say that there's a few tiny, tiny, tiny tweaks that, like, you'd need a magnifying glass to find. But uh, yeah, if you take a if you take a beginner box character and sit down at a society table, I think you're going to have a fun time. Uh, so next up in the box is the flip mat, uh, double-sided. Both sides of this are, uh, adventure. Okay. Um, so, oh yeah, you can see treasure. All right. Ooh. Uh, including, uh, a bunch of mushrooms. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, 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 cartographer, uh, on this did an absolutely fantastic job. I'm trying to find the name here real mm -hmm. quick. Uh, I think it was Damien Mamelidi. Yeah, I think did uh, did the flip mat in here, and it is fantastic. It is gorgeous, um, and well worth having. Uh, and then uh, there are, uh, unlike the first edition uh, uh, beginner box, which had three sheets of pawns, this one has four. Um, and you know, so you got a whole bunch of monsters in here. There is, of course, a sheet of player pawns uh, of you know um, each uh, ancestry, class, and gender combo. Um, so you can play whatever you want. And then uh, these last two sheets have kind of a fun new innovation on it. And you can kind of see them there. There are uh, action and reaction tokens. Oh. Um, so uh, you can take these and they are the same size as the reference card. So if you're a new player and it helps to have tokens, mm -hmm. that way you remember how many actions you spent, you can do that. Very good. Mm -hmm. Especially for those tactile folks. Yeah, exactly. For yeah, it, it does actually help uh, in learning for a lot of folks, especially younger kids, uh, to have something tactile to help them count and remember. Mm -hmm. um, so and I like handing out least, physical hero point uh, yeah. for that exact same reason. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's both of those are are are, are a good call. So that's the, tokens, the entire. Uh, was I'm it? sorry. I apologize. I was going to say no, that the tokens ahead. and those reference cards uh, are great not just for hey we're playing the beginner box to learn this game but for uh, society gms who frequently oh, yeah. have new players approach their table and they're yeah. like i'd like to play this game how do i and you're like ah i got that just the thing yeah you know and help them along this is yeah. great so and then at the bottom there's an ad sheet and uh it also has a guide of kind of come here you uh, it has a handy uh, Pathfinder Society uh, advertisement on the back, but uh, it uh, tells you where your adventures go from here. So it kind of covers what some of the core rule books are. It covers uh, Troubles in Otari, uh, obviously. Uh, so, you know, it kind of gives you a sense of where do you go from here? So, mm -hmm. Andy. And that's it. And all of this right? An 88-page book, a 72-page book, a flip mat, four sheets of pawns, seven reference cards, a few ads, 12 character sheets. Uh, maybe it's only 10, actually. Um, uh, the whole box and a nice two-part box, 40 bucks, $39.99. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And when's that coming out again? Uh, I believe the answer to that is November. I wow, think. that is soon. That is great. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think Christmas so October or November. I think it's November. So can we take a peek at the uh, the character sheet? Because that's one of the things that players are going to be Absolutely. the most intimately uh, acquainted with, especially when they're uh, getting started. Sure. So um, here we have this is the blank character sheet. Mm -hmm. So I'll show this off here. Um, so you've got uh, the color coded dice, which also allows one of them to be invisible uh, because <laughs> it's green. Oh, it's a, it's catching the yellow as well. That's nice. Oh dear. Um, <laughs> so uh, obviously you have uh, a space here to kind of calculate all your skills, and we simplified some of this. So instead mm -hmm. of giving you a box for every individual modifier, um, you know the uh, skills boxes just says dex. You know for acrobatics, it's dex proficiency and armor penalty and if you have mods we figured you'll probably just add those in um you know or put them to the side um so that we're not cluttering up the sheet with boxes many of which you're not going to use especially when you're second level right you don't have a whole bunch of things that modify your your skills and abilities so uh weapons and attacks fall in kind of the same thing we use the same sort of iconography we do on the main sheet so that mm. you know hit points kind of has a heart Perception is a magnifying glass. Mm -hmm. uh, we simplified some of them to make them a little bit easier to understand. Um, all of your formulas and whatnot are in a handy kind of reference uh, ah, over on the right. Oh, yeah. Um, Very nice. 
the back of the sheet um, has, you know, plenty of spaces for equipment and a, a, a space for a character portrait. I consider that a vital part of any character sheet. Absolutely. Um, an adventure right. log, notes, spell book, uh, you know, kind of places for you to put all the things you want to put. Um, mm-hmm. All of these are also letter coded. So you can kind of see that on the front and the back, you know, where it says A, B, C, D, you know. Um, and as you go through the character creation process, it says, add this to box D, right? So you know exactly where to go and what to put. And these boxes are, are uh, uh, by and large, uh, top to bottom, uh, alphabetical, uh, with the exception of ancestry, background, and class, which are across the top. Um, so it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. So uh, is that... Um... Is that going to be a PDF available for uh, players who need to make their 20th and 30th beginner box characters? Probably. I, yeah. I would assume that that will get the, the character sheet up in PDF form. Yeah. Right around when the box launches. I've seen a lot of people ask, is there going to be a digital version of this available? I mean, especially since, you know, with virtual Gen Con and so much online play, that's a that's a serious question. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume that there will be a PDF of the beginner box because the books and whatnot, um, you know, are PDF products. We do PDFs of just about everything else we do. So I, I can't imagine that we wouldn't do a PDF of the beginner box, but uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. I would assume that we're going to, it's kind of okay. hard to give a PDF of pawns, uh, but you know, <laughs> but you do though. I have <laughs> we do. several PDFs. Of we the do. Pawns. So I don't, I don't understand why we wouldn't for this. So I, yeah. <laughs> I would assume that there'll be a, there'll be a PDF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think virtual tabletop integration would be fantastic because since so many people are playing online, imagine even a group saying, well, we want to play Pathfinder and all these people know what they're doing, but hey, we can go in and, you know, spend however many dollars to just play it right now all set up for us. Like that's, that's going to be a valuable, a valuable way to access the game. Yeah, right. related uh, to that, I think we're 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 spending, as a matter of fact, I know we are spending a, a, a lot more time internally talking about how to get. Uh, a lot of our stuff up on the VTTs, um, uh, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to maps and digital assets that just make sense, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, uh, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about maps. So, uh, you know, getting, <laughs> getting, getting maps up on our VTTs is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the beginner box makes, a, makes kind of an obvious candidate to get up, up there yeah. as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's tricky work, though. It's not just, oh, here's the sure. files. They're done. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you yeah. have to go in and put in the legwork of building all of the content. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. V is the uh, our saving grace over at No Direction for any time we need to know anything about Rail 20. It's like, V, help! I need to make it work. What's that macro again? <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've, been, I've been fumbling my way through Roll 20 now since, since all of this began. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm having fun with it. It's a, it's a good program. I want to remind everybody that we are live here at Gen Con 2020, and uh, we are, of course, paying attention to the chat. So if you've got any questions for Jason or for us here or about the beginner box, this is a perfect time to get those in, and we'll do our best to try to get some answers for you. Um, also, uh, for those of you who are interested in picking up any of the fun products that have been talked about, uh, remember there is a discount code GenCon2020 right now over at Paizo.com, which will get you 20% off one purchase uh, from Paizo through GenCon. So that is going to continue through the 2nd of August. That would be tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I need to get my order in. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think that they're, they're, they're including uh, the promo mini in orders placed uh, during GenCon. Uh, and we, we showed some of those off uh, at the first panel today uh, because some of us got those in with our um, our August shipments, which uh, was a pleasant little surprise to get that little bonus mini. I thought I was never, mm-hmm. I thought I could just never going to get the con exclusives this year. No, no more con stuff in person anymore. Don't remind me, I was supposed to spend most of this year at various shows and oh, instead yeah. I've spent it in this room. <laughs> Honestly, my, my convention activity hasn't, doesn't seem all that much different like during PazoCon when we were doing all this like live streaming and stuff because we're using the like i'm using literally the same equipment and the same software i would use at those conventions at one point in time i was like man i'm glad i got a break i'm gonna go get a, a, a starbucks down at the oh wait no i can't do that <laughs> i guess i'm gonna so go my... get a grape soda from the mini fridge yeah it's like it's like oh i guess i'll go make my own coffee <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's no line no, that is true. I don't have to stand in line. 
Yeah. Uh, except for behind the cat, his food dishes in the way. So, <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah. So uh, while we wait for some more of the questions to come in, Jason, how sure. have you been enjoying this virtual Gen Con? How has this been different for you than uh, you know physical Gen Con? Um. Well, you know, I I think we're all kind of coping with not being in person in our own way. Uh, for me. This would have been uh, the 34th consecutive Gen Con that I attended. Uh, I, I'm still going to count the virtual one in the role, but it is different. Um, I kind of miss being able to, you know, shake a lot of hands and, you know, uh, sign books and not wear a mask. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, you know, we're all doing what's right. And, uh, you know, I, uh, although I lament not being at the shows, you know, it's the right call. It's, it's way too dangerous right now for any of that. So, um, you know, I, I've been doing virtual booth duty where I hang out on my own Twitch in my shirt and just mm -hmm. talk as if I'm at the booth. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's helped. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I personally miss uh, getting able to uh, socialize with other colleagues and folks in the industry and catch up with them and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And for me, the biggest thing that I'm missing right now is being able to wander the exhibit hall and mm -hmm. spend a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> my, yeah. my bank account isn't upset, but I, I am. <laughs> I, I can assure you that GenCon.com uh, has lots of ways for you to spend your money right now. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah. they, they're very, they're very jump. Actually, there's a few board games that I was like, um, uh, the Adventure Mart, which is about running a kombini uh, for adventurers, a Japanese style kombini, mm. and, but it has like cute little chibi like uh, path, Pathfinder type adventurers on the cover, and I was Fun. like, oh, that's adorable. Um, mm. So, like, so there, where there is a chance to 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 find out about what the new hotness is, but it's not the same. It's not like walking past no. like the full redonkulous terrain builds or the giant life size goblins that I should be seeing in person. Darn it! <laughs> Soon, uh, uh, yeah. No, I think I think that's what I'm missing the most is just that 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 bit of exploration where mm -hmm. I stumble upon a thing that I didn't even know about. Right, that I didn't know was even a thing, and I'm like, aha! Here's some of my money. Um, you know, uh, so for all of you out there, I highly encourage you know visiting your 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 favorite uh, uh, game companies and and checking out what's new. Right, I mean, we obviously have a, a mountain of stuff for you to pick up, um, and I'm sure many of you have. But uh, you know, there's a lot of really fun stuff out there, and the the indie crowd could definitely use some some yeah. some love and support. Mm, they're, absolutely. They're, for them, conventions is one of their biggest uh, yeah. sources of revenue for the year. So not all of them have no direction to host a live convention right. for them yeah. with all you mm -hmm. lovely Pazo people and Peyton saving our rear end every every 10 minutes. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> much, Peyton. We've got a question. We have a question yes. from Diving Rhino. Uh, says, so level to third, how many choices per level and are there any new monsters? Um, I don't believe there are any new monsters. You know what? That's not true. There is one new monster in Ooh. the monster section, but everything else is picked up from the uh, bestiary. Um, Interesting. You know what? Actually, now that I think about it, technically there's two, but one is one is <laughs> one is the green dragon from the cover, and it's just a different right. stat block. Um, but then there's uh, there is a there is a an extra cobalt stat block in the in the bestiary. Um, that isn't in the in the in the core best area. Um, I would say that uh, when it comes to leveling up your characters, at every level we make sure you have some interesting choice to make, at least one. Um, and we we kind of like at first level where we don't give you uh, all those choices to make. As you go up, we start adding those choices in, so that we're 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 expanding your understanding of how characters work by uh, play, uh, and that. That way, when you get done with it and you, you know, you take that first dip into the full rules, it's not a surprise to you that there's a whole bunch of choices out there. Um, we just start simple and then ramp complexity. That's kind of my philosophy for uh, all of these beginner products is you have to start in, in, in bite-sized pieces that are easy to understand, get to the fun as quickly as possible, and then through play, teach more core concepts and more rules. That's the best way to do this as opposed to kind of read for three hours and then <laughs> maybe have some fun. <laughs> That's also why uh, I think the uh, solo play experience is so critical to a box like this because you don't, you know, when you first open it, you may not have three or four other friends sitting around. As a matter of fact, where you live, that may not even be legal. Uh, so... 
you're yeah. you're gonna need to <laughs> play humor ah uh, mm. you're <laughs> you're you're gonna need to be able to uh have some fun with it out of the box so uh you know having a solo adventure that allows you to sit down roll some dice and have a good time even mm. when you are just uh you know uh, checking it out by yourself is is important we got one more beginner box question uh, yeah, from Water Sleeve. I hope that's how I'm supposed to pronounce that. Do you have a suggested age range for the beginner box? Um, so the age range that's on the back, I believe, is 13 plus. Um, that's the age range that you got to kind of go with without running into. Uh, there's a bunch of laws that trigger if you're for for kids under 13 and especially because the box has small plastic components in it um so we 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 have it labeled at 13 plus um i honestly think with adult supervision you could definitely teach the game to younger kids mm -hmm. um for somebody that i'm not entirely sure isn't just your alternate account jay oh. bowman <laughs> is asking with the reduction in number of books coming out each year what efforts are the development time being put towards more time spent on excellent books or time to pursue other opportunities i have a slight answer to that but you first jason so i i would actually say that we haven't really reduced the number of things that we're making i i think mm -hmm. we've consolidated some of those pages into mm -hmm. larger products we've so from the math yeah, I, it all comes down like as a department, we tend to focus more on a yearly page load of mm -hmm. how many pages of product we're putting out from the core line. We're at a pretty constant. But uh, if you look at the Lost Omens books, they are significantly bigger than, you know, many of them are significantly bigger than the 64 or 32 pages we used to put out. Right. Um, so we took some of that content and combined it into uh, bigger books that we could focus a little bit more energy on and uh give a little bit more love and attention to so yeah. um, when the new lost omens format was announced over on kd we we actually i did a uh, a breakdown on the page counts you all were putting out compared to the new page counts and then i did a dollar per dollar spend and honestly um for those of you who w went all in and like me bought all the soft covers and all the hard covers but let's just focus on the soft covers the ones that became lost omens you're actually getting 64 more pages every year than you were even buying them, uh, all of the books uh, individually before they became hardcovers, and you're paying almost 40% less money for it, So um, even with the new prices. So it's a much better deal for us as players in this new format than it was before this new format. <laughs> You shouldn't have told me that. The prices of everything are going up. <laughs> oh no! You're getting too good of a I'm so sorry, everyone. Well, I'll be I'll be you're honest. Done. Just you know, I actually think the prices of game books are are kind of too low to be honest. They really are. You know, the game yeah. industry is a pretty small cottage industry with uh, you know, not a whole lot of folks making you know their their living doing it. Mm -hmm. And you know, some of these books, you know, multi hundred page books filled with custom art. Uh, you know, I, I, go check mm -hmm. out a college textbook. Those oh, things yeah. are outrageous. <laughs> uh, and, uh. and those just have stock photos in them. Uh, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I think those are priced too high, but I think, I think we're <laughs> are too cheap on the whole, but you know, yeah. that's the industry we live in. Yeah. Art is incredibly expensive. Uh, yeah. if you're a lay person who doesn't work in the game industry, it, it is probably, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, like your highest line item budget on a, any given one of these books, uh, to cover all of your art and your cartography and cover art and all of that, uh, is a, is a tremendous expense. So. What's the saying? Uh, a picture is worth a, a thousand words. That's not true. <laughs> no, they're, they're, worth true. Like, nope. they're worth like 6,000 words. <laughs> Because I'll, I'll write you 6,000 words if you'll make me some arts, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, there you go. All right. So um, it looks like we're not getting any more uh, beginner box questions. Are you okay for a couple of uh, not beginner box questions, Jason? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take whatever you got. I, I'm happy to chat more about the beginner box, but it is kind of a product that people have already experienced. Uh, yeah. Especially if they're, if they're, mm -hmm. if they're extant Pathfinder fans. Um, I would say that, you know, just before we move on, that uh, you know, we poured a lot of love into this book, uh, mm -hmm. this box. Uh, the entire uh, uh, creative staff had a hand in making it, and there is. Uh, we really think this is going to be the tool to help introduce brand new players to Pathfinder and to role playing games in general. Yeah, I'm and excited if, for it. And if people think uh, I'm not 
I'm not feigning my excitement for this product because as a, as a, what we call alpha gamers at my local game store, basically the people who really cheer, cheer, cheer for games and try to get more people to join them, like the people that at a game store they really rely on to get the community organized. Uh, if you're like a, a, a venture officer or just a big fan who wants more people playing the game you love, a product like this having in your back pocket helps getting those people at your table easier. Like I have to teach this game to so many people so often as a venture officer um, that anything that makes that easier or makes it easier for them to grok the rules is is just absolutely uh, priceless for me. Uh, so much so that like even at my local game store, I uh, had a, a, a basically a scholarship for new Pathfinder players where the game store was like, if you see anybody that you think uh, might be a good person to, to that's interested in learning Pathfinder, you know, it, build the beginner box to my tab and just hand it to them. And I'm going to probably be doing the same with Beginner Box Two uh, going forward, because uh, oh, we generous. need some, we need new blood, especially with a new edition of the game. Oh yeah, um, and some people mm -hmm. like just to get them on board. And and the products like the Beginner Box is 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 really what's going to grow the the community, and that's going to be better for all of us. So yeah. speaking of growing the community, you all had this wonderful humble bundle. Uh, Absolutely. Not to, not to go <laughs> over its details over and over again. It's still going on. You can still get a fantastic deal. Yeah, not for too much longer though. Yeah, no. But the top pledge level, the thirty dollar pledge level, actually included a physical copy of the core rulebook, and that was so successful, y'all sold out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I should note though it does not include shipping for that no, book no. because yeah. it's it's a five pound book. So, um, <laughs> and unfortunately, international shipping is outrageously expensive. So, right. I, I if you're overseas, I mean, you know, it, it, the 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 deal mm -hmm. is still great uh, just for the PDFs, um, mm -hmm. but the physical book you might get bit by the cost. So make sure you read that FAQ before yeah, yeah. before you commit. Yeah, and um, but even if you do place for this. A physical book even though they're they're sold out right now uh, you will get one eventually and a lot of people are asking will this new printing include the errata um I, that's generally our policy that you know new printings include the most up-to-date rules uh that we have mm -hmm. um you know so i i would say that that is something that i i think we are planning to do yeah but i mean you know that 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 still needs to go to the printer and still make its way back to us. So yeah, we're we're looking at a, a few months. Um, we we knew the humble bundle would be successful, uh, but as per usual, it blew the doors off of our expectations <laughs> uh, and blew through all of our remaining <laughs> stock. And we had a lot. Um, you know, so, you know, we do not print small numbers of the core rule book. So, um, you I know, mean, we have a lot of copies left over. This isn't had. technically the first reprint. You all sold out of that very first batch really fast. Um, you know, I, 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 I think, I actually think this is our first reprint. I think okay. early on we oh. increased our order number, but I, I think that might've been easily confused with a reprint that I don't okay. think, I don't I think was technically a reprint. Um, I think we just increased our spool size of how many we were getting. I gotcha. That's that's more operation side. I I, I just get locked in a room and told mm -hmm. to make the book, so I don't I don't yeah. know. <laughs> for those of make you who game, make it fun, yeah. For those of you on the fence on it, the humble bundle, like even even just the PDF bundle, it's like the 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 core rule book, a whole bunch of fiction. Uh, you can get up to getting the game mastery guide, a couple of the lost omens books, yeah, the bestiary. The best like area, the fall of Plague Stone. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, like everything you need to get started with this game yeah. for sure. And then picking up the PDF for the APG for fifteen bucks, and you basically you're you're right there with the rest of us, ready to go. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It, it's mostly the humble contains mostly the launch day products for mm -hmm. for second edition. It's been a year, and uh, we figured you know, hey, let's get. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of people to get a look at our game and also, you know, raise a bunch of money for some, for some great causes. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, that's, that's a great deal for, for, for us, for you, for them. Uh, mm -hmm. It's, it's good all around. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a good deal. Humble's, Humble's a, a good partner. 
So, for those of you who are joining us, we thank you all very much. We're coming up on the hour, which means it's time for us to go get ready for the next panel, which will be building a starship in the Starfinder RPG. And you know what book just came out for Starfinder? The Starship Operations Manual. Of course you know, V. You wrote a bunch (laughs) of it. (laughs) Oh man, actually, that's maybe one of the most exciting books y'all are releasing in a while for me because I love me my starships and it's got squadron rules in it. Squadron. I love to I love to see how those rules expand. I did I did a lot of the early design on starships Mm -hmm. uh, for Starfinder back Mm -hmm. way back in the early days of that game. Way back in the early days, (laughs) so many years ago. And so stay tuned here. We'll be right back with that panel. Also, if you want to, you know, enjoy some of our content over at No Direction, you can do so at NoDirectionPodcast.com, where you'll see many wonderful interviews, as well as where these behind the pages uh, will be posted after, you know, Gen Con's over. And uh, the other panels will, of course, be over on Paizo's YouTube channel. And... Also, the audio recordings and a lot of the video recordings of basically nearly every uh, panel that they've ever done at Gen Con and most of the ones at PaizoCon are also on NoDirectionPodcast.com. So you can go through a trip through history of experiencing (laughs) what these cons were like all the way back to some of those very first days when the APG, what's that again, was a question on everyone's lips. (laughs) All right, everyone, we will be right back. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Jason, for this interview. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me as always. A great time. If folks want to learn more about me or my games, Mm -hmm. uh, they can find me on all the various social media platforms at backslash Jason Bullman. That's J-A-S-O-N-B-U-L-M-A-H-N. I also want to give a quick quick encouragement that tonight I will be running a live game of Pathfinder 2nd Edition with publisher Eric Mona and the fine folks from the Glass Cannon Network. Uh, That'll be at at 6 Mm p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here at Official Paizo and on one of the Gen Con stages, I think. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yes. All right, everyone, we will be seeing you soon. The No Direction Network's PaizoCon Online 2020 seminar coverage was made possible by the KDCon team, consisting of Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, Ryan Costello, Alexander Agunas, Monica Marlowe. Vanessa Hoskins, Dustin Knight, and Andrew Sturtevant. For more great Pathfinder, Starfinder, and other RPG news, reviews, podcasts, and blogs, check out NoDirectionPodcast.com.